Welcome to Freedom Matters Today. I'm Michael J. Sutton. This is Freedom from Fascism, a Christian response to mass formation psychosis. Week 11, Part 5. The theme for this week is mass formation psychosis and religious conceit. The topic is Fascism leads to weariness, Christ to hope. The Word made flesh is the good news. God's kingdom will outlast the nations destined for dust. The Church's constant loyalty to the state, its devotion to loyalty tests, nationalism, xenophobia and the new public morality will not make a nation strong. The point of COVID hysteria is to provoke distrust among you, fear among you, and the idea that your enemy could be your friend or your lover. When a woman marries a paranoid, obsessive man, he will go out of his way to destroy every positive relationship she has. He will work on her family first, destroy those bonds, then work on her friends, and then relationship by relationship destroy everything until he is her god, until she worships only him and believes that he is without any flaws, that he and he alone can be trusted, and that he never lies and loves her like no one else. That is the government. It is always what people in power do when they've lost their way. Democracy has fallen. The old systems of liberal democracy, authoritarian society, or even socialism offered stability and degrees of opportunity for people to live out their lives without inordinate fear. Fascism, both secular and sacred, however, is inherently unstable and will not last. What governments have done during COVID is wicked and evil. Lockdowns are over, the martial law is over in Australia, and yet more people die each day from COVID than ever before. Living with COVID is simply another deceitful cover-up of state failure. The lies of the state are manifold. There was no success with vaccination programs if people continue to die, even if they are vaccinated. The vaccines cannot provide safety if people continue to contract the disease, um, be hospitalised and die. The level of mass formation psychosis in COVID hysteria is astounding, but in reality, we just add it to another series of lies from the government. They lie all the time. In this unsustainable system, COVID hysteria will be replaced by another fear machine. And then another, and then another. The goal being to control your mind, your thoughts, your every waking moment, so they can break you. Then they don't have to force you to do anything, you will simply volunteer. It is time for God's truth to smash these delusions and for us to see that we are being deceived. This is God's world and not theirs. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It never will, and it never can. This is because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We live in a society where we're being asked to choose our own banana. Whichever monkey oversees the bananas is not that important anymore. Listen to the politicians in their election campaigns. Here is $50. Here is 100 Here's another 100 over here. Here's 250. Do I hear a better price? 275. This is what democracy has become. Santa Claus is here early, friends, with his bag of goodies, and this is as good as it gets. All the parties believe in the same fundamental policies now. There is virtually no difference. 
The so-called two-party system is in fact one party with two sides, and they simply take it in turns. The minor parties are all fronts for the two major parties, their protest votes or controlled opposition. Nothing will change fundamentally in each election cycle. This is not democracy at work. This is a one-party state pretending to be a democracy. At least in Asia, they do not pretend. Singapore and Japan both have fake versions of democracy, and it works quite well. At least they're honest about it. China will probably evolve in the same direction. This anti-China rhetoric in Australia these days is simply to distract from the end of Western democracy here and the dismantling of the old democratic institutions in favour of a system not unlike authoritarian fascism. Politics is a fact of life, and we all must endure it, like sunburn, I suppose, but it's not the heart of life. The culture wars have made politics essential, but they're not. They're irrelevant. Fascism leads to weariness. Nations come and go. It's time to get out of the political insane asylum, for that is what it is, and focus on what is essential in life. It's time to take back your life. Politics is, I'm sorry to say, irrelevant. You are empowering these people in power by your time, your thoughts, your mind and your soul. They lie to you and you still trust them, and like the abusive husband, they want total control. People in power are like spiritual vampires. They feed on your soul and only take, take, take. And they're draining you of your life, one day at a time. But if God does not lie to you, why do you keep trusting the government? Government said the vaccines would protect you. They don't. They said the, gov the vaccines would stop the spread. They don't. And they said that you cannot die if you have the vaccine. This is also not true. They cannot say they didn't know. The science has been available for two years, in fact earlier. They just chose to ignore it for ideological purposes. They lied throughout the last two years. Yet many of you not only believe them, but worship them as living gods, completely infallible, without flaw or blemish. If you refuse to see the truth about the state, then you only have yourselves to blame. Take their trinkets at the election, if you will. Choose their bananas. Watch them every night on TV. Listen to them on the radio. Send your children off to fight their wars. Live with their policies. Never criticize or protest and worship them as your new gods. But know this. Fascism leads to weariness and you will be weary. You'll be weary of life. Christ leads to hope. Good luck with your long days and nights. Jesus, however, came to dispel the darkness. He did, by his death and resurrection. So why do you still close your eyes and stumble around? Jesus is the light of the world. When John refers to Jesus as the light, he is not simply saying that Jesus died for our sin, but that the arrival of Jesus brought light into the world. The light he refers to is the presence of Jesus in the world from his birth in the back room of Joseph's Bethlehem home, to his baptism by John, to his excruciating and painful death on the cross, and to those final days with his disciples as the risen Lord. We are not the light. Jesus is the light. But he is the light for all people, and that the light of Christ shines in all the darkness of the world. Jesus also shines in the church, where they, tried so, they try so hard to extinguish his message, 
or trick his followers. But there's light in all places, and every good thing in the world comes from the light. No verse in the Bible summarizes the coming of Jesus as the way from God as this one. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1 verse 14. For John, the word became flesh, the God of the Hebrews, Hebrews walked as a man on earth amongst his creation, wearing the clothes of creation so he could become one of us. This is the way of God, from the eternal word to that of a man. Christians believe that Jesus was born human, but is also God, that he existed before he was born and that he became a man. The old word for that was incarnation, the incarnation of Christ, Jesus entering the human world, our world, to become one of us. The point is this, Jesus is God made flesh, God made human, and he dwells with us today. He is here, he is amongst us, he is present whenever two or three are gathered in his name. He indwells all believers, and he is the one who hears our prayers and takes them to the Father. Where is God during the week? Well, he's with his people, with anyone who trusts and believes in him, and he always is with us. He is with us spiritually, but always in person, always real and always risen. The Christian fascists go to church because they hope that God doesn't turn up, but they also hope that if he's there, he stays there and doesn't follow them home. Fascism leads to weariness, but Christ brings hope. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, the temptations were really about Jesus not using his divine power, for he never used it to promote himself or to meet his own personal needs, and only exhibited his divine power for the good of others. Matthew 4, verses 9 to 11. The devil was basically telling him that there was no reason he could not be divine and human at the same time, but this would have invalidated his mission. He came to live a human life, experience our life, and identify with us in his death. Jesus saw himself as the Son of Man. He says so often enough in the Gospels and thus identifies with an ancient character mentioned several times in the Hebrew Bible or Old Testament. Much of his conversations in John's Gospel have to do with the patriarchs who were the great leaders of ancient Israel. Jesus believed them to be real people who lived long ago. Jesus was a great fan of the patriarchs. His ministry was in Israel where the patriarchs lived and died. One of them was a man called Jacob, whose name meant to deceive, a rather unpleasant man who tricked his brother out of his birthright and then ran off to his relatives to hide. He was not, one would say, a good person. The Bible is very honest about his deceitfulness, and it's doubtful you would want to recruit Jacob in your culture war or holiness crusade. On his way to his relatives, Jacob had a spiritual encounter much like Paul in the New Testament, a remarkable experience that he spends the rest of his life pondering. It is the story of the origin of the town of Bethel in Israel. After his encounter, Jacob says that he was afraid. And in Genesis 28, verses 16 to 17, says, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. How awesome is this place! 
This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. What was his encounter? Genesis records, And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending upon it. And the Lord God stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Genesis 28, verses 12 to 13. This is a most remarkable encounter, as Yahweh, the God of Abraham and Isaac, speaks to Jacob as one would a man. That God would speak to him directly without the need of an intermediary. And the clear distinction in the text between the Lord and the angels The patriarchs had a personal relationship with God. God is a person. He appears to them. He walks with them. And he talks with them as one would a man. God is a person. Jacob's response to this is also remarkable. God does not tell him how to respond or what to do, but he decides to anoint the rock on which he slept with oil and to rename the place from Luz to Bethel, which means the house of God, simply because that is where he met God face to face in his dream. One of the first things Jesus says in the Gospel of John is this enigmatic statement to Nathanael, a new disciple. Verse 51 of chapter 2, Jesus says these strange words, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Jesus is making a link between the Lord God who appeared to Jacob and himself as the Son of Man, God, among his people. He identifies with Bethel, the house of God, where God appeared to Jacob in the flesh, standing either beside him or above him, where God meets us on earth. The point is that the Son of Man came from heaven and that the angels descend and ascend upon him in the same way as they did for Jacob. It is a bold affirmation and deeply controversial for Jesus to identify with the Lord in this way, but he does so, and therefore we must respond to it. Jesus is the way to the Father, but he also came from the Father. He is more important than many of us could possibly imagine. Yet, we believe he's only here to help us in our politics and our culture war. We need to lift our gaze and rediscover the real Jesus. Fascism leads to weariness, Christ to hope. Remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can read this podcast as a blog if you go to freedommatterstoday.com and you can read all the previous editions and entries of Freedom from Fascism, a Christian response to mass formation psychosis. Join me tomorrow for another episode of of Freedom Matters Today.